0: Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. You may be seated. So, on our cover is our mission statement. It's nothing new. It shouldn't strike anyone as, what is that? I'm not sure I agree. This is a good summary of what God has given us. Uh, But let's look at this here. I want you to get it in your head. I want you to memorize this. Uh, Let's say it together. Anyone want to say it together? Let's do it. A growing community alive in Christ continuing the tradition of serving Chicago with his hope, peace, and love. Bam. We did. That's it. All right. You know, when I was uh, putting these things together and working with a a small group, praying about this, about who we are and what God has given us to do, reading Scripture, um, I've, I've done this so many times. Uh, It's really, it's an important thing of being a pastor, leading a church. is coming up with a mission statement. Even with the same church, you go through a couple of these, you reword the the same thing. Number one, it's got to come from the Lord. It's got to come from His Word. But as I was doing this, quite honestly, I think I told the initial small team there, um, it just all sounds the same to me. That's why I wanted people to be there, to run it off them, because I've just seen them all. And I remember telling, uh, I believe it was my wife, you know, like, here's the mission statement. And I was kind of downplaying, like, this is what it is, you know. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's not a really good way to sell it, you know. Like, here's the mission statement. Because um, it's somewhat true. They are. They're all the same. They should be. In fact, quite frankly, if you see a church and the mission statement's way off from this, you might want to question whether or not it is a Christian church, to be honest. But what Julie said is right. <laughs> We need to be reminded of the obvious. And it's not unusual for an organization to forget what its purpose is and who it is over time. Next thing you know, it's doing something crazy, right? And we see churches doing this. They forget what Scripture, what God calls them and calls them to do. And next thing you know, they're mostly busy trying to save the environment, (laughs) Or get their guy elected. And that's all they do. And maybe you know churches like this. It seems like they're really interested in okay things, but not really what they're supposed to be doing. Because we are like that. We're foolish. We wander. And we need to be reminded. And I do too as a pastor. Who am I? What am I doing here? Why am I up here? (laughs) What are we supposed to be doing as a church? So today I want you to begin with, we're just going to look at the first couple sentences. A growing community alive in Christ. You know, it kind of reminds me uh, of Paul in today's letter. I mean, this statement really is is not really a a to-do list. It's a declarative statement, right? This says who we are. We are a growing community alive in Christ God has made us that that's what we are and you can say it in different ways we are Christians we are the body of Christ you could say that Um, we are the church of God. God Jesus uses that word we are the children of God you could say that all these things these just say it just says who we are but we need to be reminded before we talk about what we should be doing You should be always reminded of who you are in the first place. In fact, I would say the essence and the beautiful thing about Christianity is that it's not actually about what you do. It's about who you are. Who you are is much more important than what you do. When it comes to your peace, when it comes to your joy, when it comes to your sense of security that you are God's, that it's going to be okay. When it comes to your self esteem as individuals, right? It really is. It's more important about who we are and who God says we are than what we do. Because what we do follows organically who we are. And Paul makes this really clear in his letter to the Corinthians. The church in Corinth, if you don't know, was really messed up. It was doing bad things. There there was sexual immorality going on. (laughs) There was bizarre relationships. There was uh, um, the rich and the poor separating at the communion rail, basically eating in different places. All sorts of abuses, things that you would say, that is an unhealthy church. And so, Paul writes this letter. He writes a couple letters, but his, his first one, or it might be a second one, actually, if you listen to it. He might have had one before this. He writes the letter of the Corinthians. That's what all these books in the New Testament are. Letters frequently from someone to a, to a body of Christ. In this, in this uh, example, it is the church in Corinth. So, he's going to write this letter, and he's going to basically correct their behavior, right? But notice how he begins, and where does he go to first? He doesn't go to their behavior. He doesn't start getting out a list of things they're doing wrong or things that they should do. But he begins with their identity, who they are. Because that is far more important. If they get that down, then what they should be doing will flow out of that. And in the end, the hope and the peace that the christians in corinth have is not in what they're doing because we're sinners but it's in who they are in jesus christ look at this here so first corinthians chapter one paul says to the church of god which means assembly doesn't mean building doesn't even mean one might say organization but the people of god in corinth right to those, what does he say? What are they? Sanctified in Christ Jesus. Made holy in Christ Jesus. Not, they're not acting sanctified. It's not achieving. It's not a progress. They are. And that should blow your, way, your, your mind away even more when you think about what they're doing. And yet Paul's saying, you have been sanctified with Christ. Called to be holy ones, saints, righteous people. Together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning all believers, you guys in Corinth are part of a larger group throughout the globe, just as you are here in Lincoln Park. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you. It's crazy to think Paul's saying this if you read the rest of the letter. (laughs) He's talking about these guys? They're an embarrassment to the Christian community throughout the world, the Corinthians. They are not giving a good witness. Some of them were not even believing in the resurrection. I give thanks to my God always for you because of, not because of what you're doing, (laughs) because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Despite these people and all their problems. Their hope and their peace is that God has given them something. And Paul's confidence and hope in this church in Corinth rested on God's actions in Jesus Christ. The same can be said here for St. James. Praise God. We can say the same thing. The grace of God has been given to us individually absolutely I want you to think like that when you read this think myself you are here and you have hope and you have peace because God has given you his grace but also as an organization that's his St. James community God has given us this grace then he goes on that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge do you believe that Do you believe that this community of Christ, that St. James, has everything that we need? Paul does. Jesus doesn't play games. God doesn't give a little bit to this church or that church and make you work for the rest of it. When he puts down a church, when he creates a people, when he makes a people, he gives them everything they possibly need. Everything, just like a seed How small it might be, and look, has everything in it to bloom. The same thing for this place and you and me here in Lincoln Park. Everything. We're not waiting. There's not something that's missing. Oh, Lord, if we just had that, we could truly be the church of God, and we could really reach out to people and love one another, and we just be complete. You have everything in Jesus Christ. As individuals... As a community of Christ. As we look forward and talk about things God has given us to do, we draw power knowing who we are and what we have in Jesus. Everything. We don't need to be afraid of anything. When we make plans, when we talk about doing new events and activities, expanding this or that ministry, we don't need to be afraid. Because we have everything in Christ. All resources. And then that goes for everything. Number one, we got God. This His church. But I tell you what, we've got the physical things. We have the resources. We have the finances. We have the talents, the people, everything right here at St. James already. That's what Paul says. <laughs> And he's talking to a real... And by the way, you guys are nothing like the church in Corinth, let me tell you. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are, he says it again, you, you Corinthians, and all the weird things that you're doing and how you've gotten off track, you are not, you can't blame it on this, you're not lacking in any spiritual gift. You're complete. Despite how you're acting, how you're talking, how you're walking, you got everything you need. That's how Paul begins this letter, reminding them of what they have, who they are, whose they are, because that ultimately is the essence of their hope, of their peace, of their comfort. If it was if if their if their ability to be God's church was dependent upon them, if their identity. If their future, if their hope was dependent on their actions, they should be scared, but it's not. It's dependent on what God has said they are and what God has given to them and what God is going to do among them. Who you are is more important than what you do. Remember that yourself each morning. Wash yourself in the waters of your baptism, remembering, I am a child of God. Bring in your, your, your sins and bring the thing that you feel terrible about, you bring it to the Lord. He forgives you are a child of God, even though you don't look like one all the time. Who you are is more important than what you do. You know, and I would say this weekend, we're reminded of that in different ways. <laughs> As we celebrate MLK tomorrow... A man who made it really clear that who you are is more important than what you do. That that uh, all people are human beings, no matter the color of their skin, and no matter their economic level, no matter how much value they are in society. What a beautiful thing that he brought and made light to and stood up for. But also, we're celebrating, quite frankly, or maybe not, mourning Roe v. Wade. In the end, the pro-life position is this. Who you are is more important than what you do. You don't have to have a value in society. You don't have to be able to do stuff in order to have value. We should treat all human beings, unborn, elderly, disabled, unlike the Nazis, as human beings. Why? Because they are. That's the essence of compassion, is to not judge people by their value we live in a world that does that. I mean, don't, you don't need to think about that. that's an issue of abortion. Just think about, in general, we live in a world that judges you by your value, what you do, what you do not do. Maybe you've had to struggle with that. And even also this weekend, I think there's also the first Women's March or whatever, right? And there's something to that too. Who you are can't treat people wrongly just because you, they are human beings male, female, black white, unborn elderly poor, rich who you are is more important than what you do and that's even more clear in how God does things he has made you his children despite what you do praise God and the same goes for St. James, because our God is gracious, and he is merciful, and he is loving. And the same goes for people out there, whoever you meet, whatever they have done, no matter what political position they have. No matter what side of the aisle when it comes to the right to life issue or the women's march issue or the MLK issue, they are God's people. Jesus died for each one and he loves them despite our actions. Paul lays this out for the Corinthians and these words are for you too. I love how he goes on here. So that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then listen to this. Look at this if you want. Verse 8. Who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? What is your confidence that it's going to be okay when Jesus comes again? God. Why can you stand here? Because God has said you could. Why can you have hope and why can you have peace? Because he has given you everything and he will sustain you. And look, at, he goes on. This is the best part right here. This might be the best verses in scripture. And anytime you get down personally and anytime St. James gets scared, look at this verse here in verse 9. God is faithful. Faithful. He doesn't go to you. Hey, you got everything you need. You're going to be okay. You're going to be able to fight it. You're going to be able to win that that fight, just like Conor McGregor yesterday, which is fantastic. Anybody check that out? 40 seconds. Anyhow, not every fight you get into is 40 seconds. Once again, if you're not a UFC fan, you need to get into this because it's a great sport. Not not as good as the Green Bay Packers playing football, but close. What is the hope? That the Corinthians had. What is Paul's hope for the church in Corinth? Despite all the messed up situation they're in. What is Paul's hope for you? What is your hope for you? And for this church? God is faithful. And if you don't believe that. We're here 150 years. The church of God. Since Adam. Still alive and well. The church of God. Since Christ sent the disciples out. Despite persecution despite sin within the church, and there is alive and well, same old message, God is faithful for you in your own life and for St. James. So therefore, when we make plans, when we start talking about what we should be doing, You don't need to worry about whether or not it's going to happen. You don't need to worry about whether or not we have the resources to do it. You don't need to worry about whether or not God's going to reward us in some way. He's faithful. St. James has a great day ahead. And not just we as a community, but people in this neighborhood and all of Chicago has wonderful times ahead. Why? Because God through us is going to bring the good news of Jesus to them. And they're going to hear someone tell them, you have worth, not because of what you do. Christ has forgiven and died for your sins. You have worth because God says so. You are a child of God. You are loved by God despite your past. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's say this together. St. James, let's read it. A growing community. Why? Because God is... So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to talk. See, that's a stupid pastor. Let well, you've got to preach some more. Let's say it together. A growing community, alive in Christ, continuing the tradition of serving Chicago with his hope, peace, and love. Alright, please pray about this. Keep, in this. keep this in your prayers. Look forward to more stuff coming on this. Uh, give me your thoughts. As usual, I love people talking about the sermon, talking about what's going on at St. James. This past week, a couple of uh, wonderful people uh, you know, called me up and say, hey, let's meet and let's talk about what we can do to uh, bring the good news to others and to support our community here at St. James. There's a wonderful thing God is doing us among us right now. Please rise, let us pray.